More than anything, they needed a new beginning. And so, on a cool day in September, they moved into the cottage on the edge of an ancient forest that stretched as far as the chalk escarpment of the Weald of Kent. There had been a house on the site overlooking Covert Wood since the time of the Doomsday Book. First a wattle and daub shepherd's hut, then a timber-framed medieval yeoman's hall, and followed, sometime in the 1710s, by a Queen Anne flint lodge. Each had burned down, and the site was returning to nature, when, not long after the agricultural riots of 1830, a local farmer, undeterred by the area's reputation for anarchy, put up the modest red-brick farmhouse, which Mark and Meg were about to call their home. They would not have been able to afford Covert Cottage, were it not for the fact that Jimmy had left it to Mark in his will. As a matter of fairness, Mark had planned to sell the place and split the proceeds with his sister, but Helen was keen that it remain in the family. She was in no hurry for the money, which, in any case, was only morally but not legally hers. So they'd agreed that Mark and Meg would spend a year or two doing it up, then, maybe, extend the mortgage or take in a lodger. As it was, the place was only just habitable, having lain empty in the months since Jimmy's death, and despite the heat of the summer, succumbed to must and black mould. Mark parked the couple's old fiesta in the gravel driveway. They got out and filled their nostrils with the unfamiliar scents of moss and drying bracken, taking it all in, this ancient place, the solemn sense of embarking on a new journey, free to make fresh discoveries and to dream new dreams. She turned to him, and they exchanged a smile. Holding a cupped hand to his ear, Mark said, No traffic, no sirens, no planes. Isn't it brilliant? Meg replied. With a chin flick towards the oak front door, Mark said, I'd offer to lift you over the threshold. Oh God, please don't, Meg said, amused. In the early days of their courtship, an acquaintance at a party had told them that a man should always carry his lover into their new home because this would protect them both from evil spirits. When they'd first moved into their scrappy East London rental flat, they joked about it, and Mark had ironically lifted Meg over the threshold and promptly slipped a disc. They'd spent the rest of the day in casualty waiting to be seen by a doctor. Now they laughed at the memory. Meg reached into the back seat and handing over a couple of boxes, said, Carry these in, and try not to end up in A&E. As she was busying herself unpacking the boot, a silver Peugeot slowed down in the lane beside the gate, and a young woman with a tight bun leaned out and waved. Hi, I'm Lisa. I work in the shop. She flicked her head in the direction of the village green. Welcome to Coldwater. Need any help? Meg smiled back. Thanks so much, but we can't really do anything until the removals lorry arrives. Oh, all right then. Be seeing you. And with that, Lisa waved and drove away. Mark came up beside her. Who was that? One of the villagers wanting to know if she could help with the move. I guess news travels fast in a place this size. Something Meg was going to have to get used to. <laughs>